We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Great to be with you on Memorial Day here on Sports Open Line. Just wrapped up the Cardinals postgame show about a half an hour ago. Uh, Obviously, we have a lot to talk about coming out of the Cardinals game today and obviously their play recently as well. And I'm going to jump around a bit tonight. So I'm going to talk about some of the things we saw today, what they could mean in coming days. I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Um, I want to talk about Nolan Gorman's great start to the year. We're going to assess the team a little bit at what is not quite yet mathematically the the one-third marker, right? But, you know, it's Memorial Day. Tomorrow's the last day of May. Uh, We have two months of a six-month season in the books just about so kind of assessing where they are coming out of Memorial Day essentially at the one-third mile marker uh, what's been good what's not been good uh, what is good is and, and, and probably not as good as it could be but your position in the standings is pretty solid now you clearly want to win the division that's not as big of a deal now as it's been in the past with the new playoff format but it still to me matters um, and, you know, look, in a perfect world, you'd love to have the number one record and, and not have to worry about that first playoff round. But, I mean, I think we all probably, you know, I thought that the Dodgers were probably the easy pick for that uh, because they're the one team in the National League. Well, there are a few. I mean, the Mets seem to have an endless budget as well. But, you know, when you've got the revenue that the Dodgers do, combined with really smart baseball people, they, they can put together pretty much anything they want. And that's exactly what they've done here for a long time. So I'm not saying you concede it, but you do have to understand that you are. I mean, look, it's like going to play poker and the guy across the table from you has an extra 40 or 50 percent that he can put out there and essentially buy hands. Right. You got to budget your hands a little bit smarter. That's why it's better to me. That's why I like to play in tournaments, because everybody starts with the same amount of money. You know, there's nobody can bully the table because they brought $5,000 instead of $500. And, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, it's it's the way the sport is. We understand that. And it does, again, doesn't mean you concede. You have to build your team to be able to beat the Dodgers, but not necessarily over 162. You have to be able to beat them in a series. That's the critical part. Um, and yeah, you'd love to have the number one seed, but it's not the be all end all, especially with the new format coming in. Anyway, you're the second wild card team at the moment. The only team that's ahead of you in the wild card race is the Padres, actually. Uh, but you know, we still, I, I still think the goal is mid 90s in wins, 95 wins in that vicinity. 
ideally a little more, but 95 and a division title. Like that's got to be the starting point. That's the goal. So we work off of that. But there are good results that do not equate to that. Right? I mean, the ultimate goal is to win the World Series, but there are good seasons that exist without a World Series. Same thing with the Blues. I I, I didn't wrap up the Blues season because they haven't been on the air since then, uh, since they were eliminated, at least not on sports open line. It was a good season. It's not a great season. You didn't achieve the ultimate goal, but you're mostly not going to do that. And you got beat in the second round of the playoffs in a six-game series against an elite team that was a Stanley Cup favorite coming into the year that was healthier than you were. All right? It's like, does this mean that it's all acceptable and, yeah, fine, it's all good? No. You don't plan parades for going out in the second round. But there's a large gap between a failure and the ultimate success. And for the Blues, it was a really good year. You found out some things. Now you've got some interesting decisions to make in the offseason. We'll touch on those things down the road a little bit. Although, I won't be doing that in this time slot. <laughs> More on that tomorrow. Well, I mean, on later tonight, I'm actually going to, you know, we, I'm sure you guys have heard the promos or at least heard mention of it. Uh, but starting tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., uh, I'll be hosting with Chris Ranji and Amy Marks. Scores. We're calling it the show because we're super creative. Um, it, honestly, it was the only thing that didn't sound really doofy. Like we'd thrown all these names around and like, mm, no, no. And then in discussing it, we were always saying, well, what do you think about the show? What are we going to do with the show? What? And it's like, okay, the show is the idea, right? It's just simple. Put our names on it. Bing, bang, boom. We talk. That'll start tomorrow. So those thoughts will be coming in future days there. And it's not a sports show, by the way. Uh, we will be doing serious things in addition to sports, but we're going to feature the Cardinals prominently on a day-to-day basis. And of course, the Blues went in season as well. Anyway, that's coming up later. We're going to talk to Ron and Amy a little bit later on in the show too. Um, but <clears throat> what I wanted to get to with the Cardinals point is you're in a good position right now considering what you've been missing and what's gone wrong. And I'll explain what I mean a little bit later on. So today you get a good win. You got 13 strikeouts from your pitching staff. You only gave up three runs. That's a good day from your pitching staff. I thought we got a really interesting outing from Packy Naughton. Again, wasn't dominant, but it was really solid. And then Andre Palante went three and a third and threw almost 60 pitches. And his minor league background is as a starter. And that's something I want to talk about in the next segment is could we be looking at the process of stretching him out? If you look at his last couple of outings, his last few outings, and then you look at today, and then you had the question come up in the post game with Oliver Marmel about Palante and could he be a guy? Because you got a doubleheader coming up. You're going to need two people to start games. And now, again, Palante's been a starter his whole career until he made the big league roster as a reliever this year. Packy Naughton mentioned this before. We played a clip of him during the pregame show. He's been a starter his whole career. Now, I don't think that Packy figures into the long term rotation or even the long-term meaning the next few weeks. I think Palante might. He's got ridiculous stuff. He gets right-handers and left-handers out. He doesn't seem to have any issues with pressure situations. We've seen that already. Could that make some sense? That's what I want to get into coming up next here on KMOX. All right, great to be with you guys. Welcome into, well, I was going to say Monday night, but Memorial Day uh, here on KMOX. The sports open line till 8 o'clock tonight, mostly baseball. Might mix in a few other things. I'm going to have uh, my friends Chris Ranji and Amy Marks, of course, join me a little bit later on. Since our new show called The Show, super creative. I still think it's the best of the ideas we had, though. Uh, but we'll kick things around later in the show today 
uh, just to tease tomorrow's debut. So we'll be kicking things off for real tomorrow morning at 10 and taking it until 2 p.m. on weekdays, Monday through Friday, when we don't have Cardinals games. So Wednesday we'll have a Cardinals game. I'll be Cardinals boy again. I'll do at least the thing. Tom's going to do the pregame. I'll do the postgame because it would be during my scheduled work time anyway. So I'll still have the foot in the sports pool just a little bit. And we'll do some baseball and stuff on the show as well. All right, let's talk about the rotation for the Cardinals. Let's talk about Andre Pallante. Um, So a question got brought up in the post-game press conference today with Oliver Marmol about Pallante and potentially being stretched out to start games. And I don't remember the exact words that Pallante used. I'm sorry, that Marmol used, but uh, it was something along the lines of, I wouldn't rule that out. In fact, that might be the exact quote. I don't remember exactly, but it was something like that. So, as you know, you look at today, he pitched three and a third. He threw 53 pitches. And it's probably not that difficult to think about the next time. Maybe that's 65 pitches, 70. Well, we're kind of back to the thing where we were with Jordan Hicks, right? Beginning of the year, Hicks was a couple of innings. And then it became three and then four and then five and six. Well, here's the difference between Hicks and Pallante. Pallante has more of a starter's repertoire. He throws more strikes, and he has more recently been a full-time starter in the minor leagues. So does it make sense to maybe give that a look? And I'd say, hell yeah. He's been phenomenal in the bullpen for the Cardinals, but he clearly is capable of more than that. Now, I would he's got a 107 ERA, by the way. I'm like, look, if he goes in the rotation, that's gonna jump. Okay. He's not gonna do that as a starter. And he's a really valuable guy in the pen. But you have a lot of other really valuable guys in the pen, too. And by the way, when Jordan Hicks comes back, it's going to be in the pen. <laughs> He's not coming. Based on what we've seen, I, this is not from anything the team has said. Nobody's whispered anything to me. Just It's pretty obvious, given the way that it went, that when he comes back, it's not going to be in that role. He doesn't throw enough strikes for that role. That's a problem. And what teams want out of a starter is that, you know, five, six, seven innings, five on the low end, seven, eight on a good day. And to do that, you've got to be efficient. You've got to throw strikes. Well, Ponte's done that. He's One of the things I've been impressed by him as a major leaguer getting his first shot against big league hitters is he doesn't walk that many guys. Now, it's not perfect by any means. I mean, he has a day or two here and there where he's going to walk too many guys. But for the most part, he's not up there walking the house. I will say I'm a little surprised he hasn't struck out more people with the stuff that he brings to the table. But if you're looking for options, now let's keep in mind, the ideal version of the Cardinals rotation doesn't include Pallante or Hicks or really even even Libertor at this moment, right? I mean, microphone just fell. That wasn't me. I didn't make that noise. Sometimes the microphone here just does that. So I can't explain it. Uh, it, it, I can explain it. It's, it's not, it's not tight enough. It's loose on the part that holds it up and it just goes. Anyway, you know, the ideal rotation right now doesn't have Matthew Libertor in it either, right? The ideal rotation is Wainwright, Michaelis, uh, Dakota Hudson, Stephen Matz coming off the injured list. And of course, Jack Flaherty returning to the rotation. So when you have everybody, you're not going to have Palante in there. You probably aren't going to have Libertor in there. Doesn't mean that, say, somebody like Libertor doesn't force the issue in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, if he continues to pitch well like he did on Saturday and he's just basically doing the you can't take me out because I'm doing too well, 
all right, maybe he does force some kind of other change, whether it's going to a six-man rotation or a hybrid six-man or no, maybe – I mean, I, I, they just signed Steven Matz to a multi-year deal, and I don't really think they're going to move him to the pen. They could move Libertor to the pen. They could use him in that long relief slash lefty specialist role too. Like he could do, you know, where he'd pitch a few innings. He could do it where he comes in to face some lefties or even righties because as a starter, he gets both out anyway. So I guess what I'm saying is you're not really looking at a permanent solution. What you're looking for is your best option to get as many quality outs as you can early in the game. And Palante might be a good idea for that. I mean, he, you, saw, you saw the three and a third innings today. And I think he's capable of giving you that or more when you need him. Now, this this will lead to a bigger question that I want to get into later on. Um, because, of course, this topic comes up all the time about whether or not the Cardinals should already be looking for more rotation help, right? Look, if you look at it, you've got Wainwright and Michaelis doing what you need them to do. And I know Michaelis wasn't perfect yesterday, uh, but he's you're going to have those games. He was be, he was too good to be true before that, so you're going to get those games that balance the scales once in a while. But Michaelis and Wainwright have been what you need them to be. Hudson has kind of been back and forth. Kind of been back and forth. It's not been always there, but some days it has. And that's kind of how it's been with Steven Matz. And, you know, we haven't seen Flaherty yet. But if you get to the end of June, so we go a month from now, what, you, what the team wants and what you need is if you have all five of those guys in the rotation, you're in a, you're in a pretty good position for the second half. Now, that's a big if. Right? We don't know exactly how Matt's is going to recover. We don't know if Flaherty's going to have a setback or if he's going to be the exact same guy as, as we saw him when he was 100% healthy. So again, there are unknowns. But in addition to those unknowns, we've seen Libertor now, and he's on the 40-man, so now there's no real obstacle to putting him back in the rotation if you ever need it. We're seeing that Palante might be a guy that can stretch out and give you multiple quality innings of work. And we know Woodford is pretty solid when it comes to that. Now, is that enough? I'm going to ask the question later on because Dallas Keuchel just got released by the White Sox or I think designated for assignment. Nobody's claiming him, by the way, because he makes a lot of money. So he's going to clear waivers. The question would be, do you make a move for somebody like that? And I'll I'll get into that a little bit later on. But I was interested by the Palante thing. And I'm t- again, that's going to be, though... The part I really wanted to point out here is that's it's more of a short-term than a long-term thing. You're not looking at that as a guy that's going to be a rotation piece all season long, barring, like I said, a continuation of the injuries to the guys that are hurt or new ones popping up, I guess. So I like the idea, of though, in the short term, maybe instead of Packy Naughton being the guy that starts a game like today, maybe it's Palante, and maybe he does get to go four or five innings. And then... You assess where you are in the game. Are you ahead? Are you behind? How big is the lead? How close is the game? And if it's close, you start working like you did today. You start working your good guys in early. I mean, they went to Gallegos in the sixth inning. It was Gallegos and Cabrera. And We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Helsley, and they took care of a lot of work. You could do that again. Or if you're up by five, all right, here's Packy Naughton, or here's... Woodford, if he's here or whatever. I mean, like, you got the longer, you got the guys that are the lower leverage guys, too. And oh, Drew Verhagen, as an example. So there are a lot of ways to play that. I think in the short term, it makes a lot of sense. Long term, I don't think it's going to be necessary. But it's good to know if you do it, it's good to know he's capable. Because Palante is clearly a valuable major league pitcher. And the question will be, you know, do you, do you, are you able to stretch it out? So later on, I do want to get into the Dallas Keuchel question. Ben Hockman wrote about it, makes a really strong, reasonable argument about, hey, we found out last year you can never have enough pitching depth. And, you know, hey, there were guys that were struggling, like John Lester. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, before that, it was Wade LeBlanc. You brought in Jay Happ. Those guys were not good before they got here, and they were solid enough here. They weren't amazing here, but they were good enough. And we'll examine that later on to see if that's something that would make sense for this team. Coming up next, I want to talk Nolan Gorman. Uh, look, he he's great. he looks great, man. We know the power's real. Uh, when you see the power numbers that he's put up consistently throughout his minor league career and in the Arizona Fall League and all that, the power is real. You could see it today. I mean, he's just got easy power. <laughs> when he connects, it, the ball goes. The question will be, what's it going to look like long term? And by long-term, I mean this year. I'm not talking about five years from now. I'm talking about long-term, if he's playing every day in the, in the lineup, are there any concerns? Well, it doesn't look like it now because he's destroying baseballs. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's going to be a leveling of the playing field. There's going to be a correction. You know, he's hitting 387, he's slugging almost 700, and he's on base 47% of the time. Those are unrealistic. We all know that. But we're getting a glimpse, though, into how hard this dude actually hits the ball on a regular basis. And, you know, what? How, how do you play this? Because, look, so far they're playing him only as righties. Not complaining about it, just observing it. And what's interesting to me is he did not hit lefties well at the AAA level last year or this year. But I'll ask this. So what if he's, so what if he's Jock Peterson? So what if he's the guy that plays 70% of the time and hits 30 bombs? It's a damn good player. Now, I, I think he can be more than that. We don't want to assign him that role now. 
But we'll get into what Nolan Gorman is and what we have to allow for here early on in his major league career coming up next here on KMOX. All right, back in on Sports Open Line here on KMOX, and obviously a lot of ground to cover. Cardinals with a 6-3 win over the Padres today. We'll do a little bit big picture stuff, too. Uh, next hour, I want you to hear a little from John Mozalock. Uh, Mo joined Tom Ackerman on sports on a Sunday morning yesterday, covered some really interesting things, including some news of the day, which I thought was fascinating. I'm going to get you guys that um, next hour, probably around 7.15. Uh, in the meantime, I've got a bunch of other stuff that I have lined up and I want to get to. Next segment, we'll kind of do the Cardinals report card for the first third of the season. It's not really, I'm not doing the grades or anything, just kind of a, you know, okay, where are we? An assessment of where we are. How close are we to the path that they, we want this team to be on? What other adjustments are we going to look to see? You know, that kind of stuff. We'll get to that next segment. Just wanted to spend a few minutes here on Nolan Gorman because, look, he's off to a terrific start to his major league career. He's put on a hell of a power show here the last couple of days. And he's legit, man. I mean, there's a reason he was a top 30, 35 prospect in just about every prospects ranking list that there is. I mean, he's considered one of the best power prospects in the sport. And you, you can see why. I mean, he has easy power, man. I mean, when he connects, the ball takes off. You know, he hit a bunch of balls today at 100 miles, a couple of balls today, at least two at, at 105 miles an hour or more. Uh, and, you know, while that's not everything, he, he he knows what to do when it comes to hitting the ball hard and hitting the ball hard in the air. Uh, and again, in the air doesn't mean a fly ball, so don't get mad at me. It just means not on the ground. Line drives are in the air. Thank you. But his his average exit below so far is well above major league average. He's averaging 93 miles an hour. The big league average is 88. So, you know, you're, that kind of thing is in, it's, it's such a small sample size, though. We're only talking about 30 plate appearances. But when we combine this with what we know, with the kind of power production he had at AAA, not just this year where he had 15 home runs in a quarter of a season before he got called up. And he had power down there at Memphis last year. And he's also, again, this is all age appropriate. He's very young. And I, I think that it's important for us to look at this and say, okay, yeah, there's going to be a correction. You know, <laughs> hitting 376 or whatever he's hitting right now, 387. Don't want to short him on those few extra points. You know, that that's not going to be the case. We know that he's not going to slug 12, or you know, he's not going to have a 1,200 OPS and all that. But I think what we can safely say is as long as he's up, he's going to hit for power. The question will be, what adjustments do teams make? What do they try to take away from him um, and go from there? And as of right now, he's not getting starts against lefties. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a full-time plan. But I mean, because some of it is also you want to get other people into the lineup, too. I mean, you want Edmundo Sosa to get some at-bats. You know, when you're looking at the positions that are going to be available, um, you know, there, that's... That's in, you know Sosa's available as an infielder, and you're not taking Tommy Edmond out as as well as he's played this year, and as consistent as he is, and as good a defender as he is. You saw today they they took Gorman out. They actually took a couple of guys out for defense late in the game, which again made sense. You had a four run lead. You want your best defensive team in there, but you can say you can say that it's pretty clear that Gorman's going to play most of the time. Now you do need to see left handed pitching to get better against left-handed pitching. But keep in mind that this was an issue for him at the AAA level both last year and this year. He didn't hit lefties well at all. And again, it's not 
doesn't mean that he won't be an everyday player. That's not by any means. It's He's too young. This is all too early in the process to have, have an idea about whether or not that's going to work. But even if it doesn't, like I said, I, you know, the, we're ta- we talk about comparisons. All what what if the worst case scenario is that is a guy like Jock Peterson that destroys righties and takes days off against lefties? I mean, you, righties, you're gonna you're gonna see right-handed pitching as a starter. You're gonna see it seventy percent of the time, and then you're gonna have those opportunities mid-game and late-game where you come in against the right-handers. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of play involved there. There's a lot of ways you can move that around and get basically every day at bats, but maximizing where you have your success. Like I said, I don't know that it's going that way, and I hope it doesn't. I mean, I, I really like to see young players get the opportunity to get better at that kind of a thing before we decide, okay, this guy's only going to play against righties. Because there is value to a guy. Let's say he's let's say he's just average against lefties. Okay. Well, if you're average against lefties and elite against righties, you're an elite player. And you would ideally like someone, especially the young guys, to become everyday players. But at this point, you know, we have to balance two things, right? You have to balance development of a player, but weigh that against giving yourself the best chance to win games. It's really hard to do both of those things, but I think that's what they're doing, and they're doing it pretty well. I I, I don't think that um, the team has been perfect with the timing of their moves or all of that, but I mean, I think they've been really good with trying to play matchups and getting the guys in there when it's time to get them in there. You know, when, when Yepes and Donovan showed up, they didn't sit around and watch. They got a chance to play, and when they showed they could do something, they stayed in there. But look, Yepes has cooled down a little bit. You know, he got off to a really hot start. He is not, and by no means is he at a level where you're like, well, send him back down. That's not what we're saying. Saying it's just calm down a little bit. And that's completely understandable and and it's expected. And the same thing is going to happen with Nolan Gorman. And it started to happen a little bit with Donovan as well. And nothing that you're like, well, there's a collapse. You know, I guess that the fun, it was fun while it lasted. It's not that. It's just a simple understanding that, you know, got young players are going to struggle. You know, Yepes is now like, I want to say two for his last 14. Now, right before that, he had a couple of games where, you know, he had a home run, drove in a couple of runs, drew some walks. But yeah, you know, you look at where he was a week ago. A week ago, he had a 905 OPS, not actually a 915 OPS, and he was hitting 328. And now he's got a 798 OPS and he's hitting 276. So there's been a clear decline. That's okay. Like he he'll probably go back in the other direction at some point and have a couple of games where he's really hot. But that same thing is going to happen to Nolan Gorman. We're going to have the time where, you know, right now he's killing it. He, you know, he's getting a lot of pitches he can handle and he's driving it. And that's going to change just like it did with Donovan. I mean, look, Donovan is doing a great job. One thing that hasn't changed with Donovan is his ability to get on base and draw walks. Even though, you know, again, looking at where he was a week ago, if I if I remember right, a week ago he was hitting like 340 or something like that. Yeah, he it wasn't even a week ago. It was it was 5 days ago. He was hitting 340, now he's hitting 288. Like no big deal. One thing that he has continuously done 
is made sure, though, that that on-base percentage is still high. But if you look at the last four games, for example, for, for Donovan, two for 16, no walks, no extra base hits. Again, no big deal. That was before today, by the way. So when you throw in today for him, you throw in a one for two with a walk. So again, it's fine that these guys are going to level off. Like I, I, I doubt, as much as I think Donovan's on-base skill is a great strength of his, I doubt he's a 400 on-base guy. There aren't very many of those. So you are going to have some corrections, and we're going to have that with Gorman too. We just have to understand it, and if they get an extra day or two off here or there while they're struggling, that's perfectly fine. The one thing I think that we that the team is going to need to figure out here in the not-too-distant future, and maybe it just gets sorted when Dylan Carlson and or Tyler O'Neill come back from the injured list, but they need somebody producing against right-handed pitching in the DH spot. You know, they gave Albert another start there today. He drew a couple of walks, so that's good. But that's not really the ideal plan to have him playing against righties. Occasionally, sure, but you don't want that to become regular. But Dickerson still hasn't hit. And I know he hasn't had a long, consistent run of at-bats. But you do have to do something to get more. Like, Yepes had to do something to get more. Donovan Gorman, like, the same thing for everybody. And, you know, look, Lars Nupar hasn't exactly done a lot when he's gotten the chances. Now, it's not been many. Maybe he gets on a streak here, but that's going to be something long-term. And we'll include that in kind of our 10,000-foot view of uh, where the Cardinals sit on Memorial Day that we're going to get into next up here on Sports Open Line on KMOX. Here on Memorial Day, where are they? Yeah, I know they're here. They're playing the Padres. That's not what I mean. Where are they in the standings? Where are they in terms of performance? Where are they in terms of consistency compared to what we would hope for? So your place in the standings is not where you want to be. You want to be in first place. Um, You're not far off of the pace that you want to be on. I mean, like if you were to win the next two days uh, against the Padres, you would probably be on the kind of pace that you want. You You got a 563 winning percentage right now. It's a 91-win 90 win pace, which, again, I, I think is a little on the low end of what they should be. I came into the year said they should be somewhere 94-95 based on you know just getting reasonably – performances that are reasonably close to expectations. You know, I, I didn't expect the exact numbers from Tyler O'Neill that you got last year. Maybe there was a step back, whatever. But you do need him to be productive. You know, I was hoping for some some production and some – some help from the young guys. We've gotten that. I mean, when they've been called upon, you know, especially the the prospects, Yepes, Donovan, and Gorman, they've given you help. They've produced. So that that part has actually been a positive. It's actually probably been better than I thought it would be for this time of the year. I mean, it, it probably took them longer, not probably, it took them longer to move on from Paul DeYoung as the everyday shortstop took them longer than I think it should have, but they did it and they did it in May. They didn't wait till July, you know, in the past, that's been a criticism of mine, right? Would they just wait a little too long or a lot too long in some cases to move on from struggling players? And by move on, I don't mean release them. I don't mean send them packing. I mean, just get them out of the lineup into a bench roll or into Young's case down to AAA. And by the way, it's not going well at Memphis. Numbers are not good. There were a couple days where you're like, oh, maybe he's starting to figure it out, and then it was mm, maybe not. It's not been great. 
But the fact is, while it was longer than than you and I would have liked it to be, with, with reference to this particular franchise and to where we are in the season, it's relatively quick. They didn't move on that fast from Matt Carpenter, for example. And again, I don't mean moving on forever. Just get him out of the lineup so that you're not getting bad at bats. But they do have more options that are ready. And I think that's an important thing. You know, that the, these things are... They're fluid. I mean, you, you, but you do need to move more quickly. And they said so. Look, Oliver Marmel has said very consistently, performance matters. And if it's not happening, we got to try something else. And I'll, I'll say it, they've done it. Again, maybe not as fast as we've wanted them to at times, but they've done it. Now, if you had said to me before the year, you're going to get to Memorial Day without a single game pitched by Jack Flaherty, but you're still going to be on pace for 91 wins and all that, I'd have been like, all right. Not, I can understand that. Like, if you if you had Flaherty in there, you probably couple wins better maybe more like see here's the thing that's the hidden impact of a guy like that like you know his spot in the rotation has been taken up let's say by Jordan Hicks would he have been better than Jordan Hicks certainly does that mean that they win every one of those games that they lost under Hicks no but at least a couple of them probably and you have the residual effect what does it mean for the team when that guy that that guy there is going six innings every time out or seven innings eight innings on occasion what does the, what's the residual effect that that has on the bullpen in the coming days? So I think you would be, even if, even if you only had two more wins from that rotation spot, you might have three, four more total wins because of that residual effect. You know, a top-of-the-rotation starter has a big impact in multiple ways, and that's what Jack is, but you don't have him. So again, if you had told me this, is where you would be. I'd been like, all right, I understand it. I would like to be see better. Like, I mean, look, I didn't think Tyler O'Neill would struggle as badly as he did. Thankfully, when they've gone to other guys, they've done a good job. Thankfully, Paul Goldschmidt has been ridiculous now for about seven weeks. And, you know, before that, Arenado was ridiculous for a good five weeks. And he's struggling now, which is, again, totally expected. He'll figure it out and get hot again. And Goldschmidt's eventually going to calm down. Over the balance of the season, what do we need? Well, we're going to need Tyler O'Neill to be something closer to what he was last year. Dylan Carlson's got to be the guy we saw in May before the injury, not the guy we saw in April. But again, we saw some of that last year with Carlson too, that there would be periods where he was cold, but in the end, his season was very good. So I, I think there's actually a lot of upside for the next four months, but it is reliant on some of these guys getting healthy, which you know, most of him, it sounds like it's going to be the case. You know, it doesn't sound like O'Neill's going to be out for a long period of time. doesn't sound like Carlson's going to be out for a long period of time. And Flaherty's been making some progress. So we'll see. But I'd say where they are is, I guess the right word I would put put it in is, it's fine. It could be better. You know, even with just more consistency. The exact same statistics, but more consistency. You'd be three games better in the standings. Easy. You know, instead of 15 and 18 on given days and then none for a couple of days. And I'm not saying you, can, you can't budget that. I understand. It's not about budgeting it. It's just about being it. Being more consistent day to day. And I think that has been better here the last week or so. 
It's not been as hit or miss. It's not been all or nothing as much as it was before. That kind of day-to-day consistency to me is the difference between being a 90-91 win team and being a 95 win team. And yes, they need some guys to get healthy and certainly guys that have underperformed need to be better. But where they is where where they are right now is fine, but does need to be better. All right, hang tight. More baseball coming your way after the news. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.